0: Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him.
1: So you celebrate, just close in with your family at home. And at noon, you go back to a family's home because you're going to do reheating. Meaning you reheat the leftovers from the 24th. And you'll stay till 6 o'clock in the evening. And then you'll meet on the 26th. And you'll eat again what the leftovers were, but now just done differently. Now it'll be like some bread and you make a sandwich out of the leftovers. That happens 24, twenty fifth, 26, and 27. There's a pause on the 28, 29th and the 30. Then it repeats from the 31st, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Whoop>. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about it. There's something in, in the celebration that just helps you remember how good things have been. So there's something, a cost to celebration. When the Lord said, this is an ordainance on you to remember the Passover. This is an ordainance to you to remember what Jesus' blood was going to look like. That it's cost to celebration. Because the blood of Jesus is not for just new converts. It's for every believer at all times. That means that if you've been walking with the Lord and it's been 20 plus years. Oh man, you need that blood too. Because that blood is that what just gets you here. And you're like, thank you, thank you. Because I probably did something very dumb yesterday. And yet your blood just does it for me. Listen, grace is not to be taken lightly. Meaning, this is not an excuse to let us sin. And I know that I'm addressing to a crowd that that's just... Not what you're thinking. But I need to say the fact that grace is not to be taken lightly. It's not that we're just going to like stand up and say, Jesus, clean me, yet I messed it up, yet I've heard the preaching that he's so good that I'm forgiven. Well, let's just do it again. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Grace is supposed to be empowering. It empowers you to change. It is the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Meaning I sin yet I get to come in front of the Lord. Scripture says that if we sin, we've got an advocate an advocating Jesus. If we sin. Why? Because it's supposed to be in our nature to not sin. But if we happen to do so, we have an advocating Jesus. So we come and we say, Jesus, I messed it up. I'm so, so sorry. Now, we don't say just a pity sorry. He's not just saying like, I'm sorry, I repent. No, 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 no. You connect with the Lord and you're like, please, I don't ever want to sin like this again. I do not want to do this again. Can you bring me the revelation to show me what caused me to open up this door that I messed it up? What is your truth that would help me heal that brokenness that led me into that sin? Give me your truth that I may not sin ever again because I want to honor the blood. And then you come in and you're like, thank you. And there's no other expression than to either shed tears because you've understood his mercy or laugh and smile because you've understood his grace. There's no other expression. There's just this thing that happens to you when you've understood how good he's been. Because you knew, you knew by far, you didn't deserve that. You knew by far, if it hadn't been because of him, you would have even made a worse mess. Yet he's so good that he'll fix that. And you might be thinking, oh, I just, my messes are very small. Uh, It's not like I did a sin. Listen, the scripture talks about that if you know how to do good and you don't do it, that's counted a sin. So it could have been that you saw somebody out there and just just refused to do good. (laughs) That was bad. You know, it's so bad that in the Gospel of Mark, I believe, when Jesus addresses the crowd, he walks into the synagogue, and they say that they were looking for a reason to test him. And there was inside of the synagogue a man with a shrivet hand, a dry hand. They call it in Spanish. So he's got a a, a bad hand. <laughs> now Jesus questions the crowd and says, "Is it good? Is it is it is it good to heal, or is it bad to not heal?" Is it good or evil to heal this man on the Sabbath? Jesus asked them. Now think about it for a second. That meant that if he's comparing, is it good or evil to heal it? That was saying it is good to heal a man on the Sabbath because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's there. But that also meant, if that person doesn't get healed on that day, that's counted as evil. Meaning to refuse to bless somebody it's counted as not partnering with the Lord to release His goodness on earth. Thank you. To, to just refuse to bless somebody that is asking for a blessing that needs us to a blessing. It's us refusing to partner with the Lord to share His goodness on earth. And, and that's, that's counted as a sin. In El Salvador, we've got these little things called tiendas. So tiendas, you can find them everywhere. But it's basically every neighborhood will have a house. And in their garage door, they've opened up a window door. And the window door, it's just kind of like a screen door. You knock on it and there's somebody that comes in. They'll open it up. And inside their garage, they have like a little grocery store. They don't pay taxes. (laughs) And it's a little like garage store. And they've got like sodas cokes and different treats candies some of them even go further than that and they've got like a small little supermarket there and you could go to the tiendas they're in every neighborhood you can count like maybe two or three blocks there's one tienda two or three blocks boom another tienda it's pretty cool because you could just be walking there just you don't have to drive all the way to the store you're like oh i got a buck here give me a candy (laughs) And, and you get access to these tiendas. Well, tiendas usually have this paper on the wall. It's a sign. And and I'm, hopefully I'm translating it good. But it said something like, We don't lend money today, but we'll lend you money tomorrow. Oh, borrow or lend? Um, lend. I, when I was a kid, I used to read that sign thinking, Oh, they're not lending money today, but if I come back tomorrow, they'll lend money. But then you show up tomorrow and you read the sign again. <laughs> <laughs> now when you're a little kid that messes with your brains <laughs> listen that's, that's the whole point we, we can't look at somebody and be like they need, uh, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow I'll, I'll help them tomorrow we're driving down the road and we're seeing somebody and we're like God I'll, I'll, I'll bless them tomorrow when I drive by Take the opportunity to release the goodness of the Lord today. I love it because this, this is the atonement of the blood. It, it, is, it is His blood when it sanctifies us. It left us with no reason but to celebrate the goodness of who he is. That's why we did the shout out at the beginning because we understand that there are moments in your life where you're just feeling sad or you're just feeling depressed. You had a bad news going on, something happened, the business went bad, something in life happened and it's part of just part of a broken world. But if we understand what the sacrifice of the blood meant, we will understand that even though it's a broken world, we've got a responsibility of fulfilling a role on earth to change the outcome of that. Listen, Matthew 6 talks about the Lord's Prayer and it says, May your kingdom come and may your will be done. May your kingdom come. Here's a question. We can ask to the Lord, how, Lord? How does that kingdom comes? And I'm pretty sure he'll say, well, um, through you. <laughs> Luke 17 says the kingdom of God is within you. That means that when you said yes to him, that blood cleans you up. The kingdom of God is within you. So when you are, may your kingdom come. Hey, listen, kingdom is here and in, inside and in every one of you. So your will be done means you connect with the Lord to understand his heart for a given situation and you release what he wanted to say and that's the expression of the kingdom, heaven on earth. That's the expression of him bringing down his love, touching someone. It's supposed to be that as believers, the blood... Atone for all of our sins. And now we're not just sinners saved by grace. But we're made children of God. We have to understand that part of the equation. Before I was a sinner. I've been saved by grace. Now I need to move into becoming a child of God. Understanding that I'm a child of God. That's, That's the full equation. As a child of God. I need to understand. I have a responsibility. And it's acting like a child. It's bringing down his kingdom. You know, when Jesus says, become like little children so that you would walk into the kingdom. I remember some time ago, I was in the middle of a worship set, and I saw this dad just walking down to the front road, stairs kind of like this. He got down on his knees, cried out onto the Lord, and then he lifted up his hands. It hadn't been more than a minute when all of a sudden I saw a little kid just walking, getting right next to him, and it turned out that it was his kid. And he saw what daddy was doing. So he got down on his knees and he lifted up his arms. If you want to be like little children. If you want to enter into the kingdom, be like little children. Because little children do what daddy does. So having the heart of a child is not just humility. It's the humility to be able to pay attention to what he's doing. So that you're replicated. So how do you bring the kingdom? Well, you become like a little child. You sit down and you're like, Papa. What do you want to do today? Hey, I didn't get to hear what he wanted to do. That's great. Papa, let me tell you what I want to do. (laughs) And we bring our plans on to the Lord and he'll affirm. It's supposed to be that your relationship with the Lord has developed the mind of Christ within you so that you think like Christ. You're Christ minded. Many times the Lord is not telling you what to do because he's hoping that you've developed the mind of Christ already to make the decision for yourself. So there's many of us that are crying out onto the Lord and praying saying, God, please talk to me. Please tell me. Please just tell me what to do in this situation. And the Lord's like, "Um, I thought I did. (laughs) The Lord's like, well, why don't you just get up and do it? Because you're supposed to be acting like me. You know, when Jesus said, be perfect as my Father's perfect in Matthew 5, it's not just an invitation, hey, why don't you try it out? It's it's a commitment. Be like my Heavenly Father. Now, He wouldn't say that unless He'd enable you to be able to do so. He wouldn't put a commandment upon you unless He knew that you could fulfill it. He never will demand something of you that you can't give. It's in your ability to give. (laughs) He demands our life and we can surely just bring it down and say, here's our life. So all of this is just cause for celebration. Because it's cause for us to celebrate the goodness of the Lord when we get to hear His name. You know, when Jesus was celebrating the Passover, it's what we call the Last Supper. He takes the bread, He gives thanks, He breaks it, He gives it on to the disciples. And he says, take my body. There's, there's something that just breaks me every time I read that part of scripture. Because you can't imagine Jesus knowing that if the bread represented his body when he was breaking it. He knew, oh, this is the breakingness of my body. Because I'm about to be beaten. So he knew that brokenness of the bread meant this is the body being broken. He gives it on to the disciples. They eat. Then he takes the cup. And all accounts tells us in the Gospels, he basically takes the cup and says, this is my blood, the blood of my covenant, that it's being poured down for you for the forgiveness of sins. Now, try to understand it represented the blood. You know, there's, there's an, uh, an ancient tradition with, with, within um, the Jews when celebrating Passover that it says something along the lines that they'll have four cups of wine to be celebrated in the festival of the Passover. So when Jesus gives them the cup, it's supposed to be the third cup out of four. Four cups that each and every one of them represents a promise taken from Exodus. A promise of sanctification, when the Lord just calls them into being with Him. A cup of redemption, if I'm not mistaken, of redeeming them from the bondage of slavery. And there's the third cup, where it's the cup of the covenant. And the fourth cup, where He says, and you will be with me. Which is the cup of praise that speaks into us being with Him forever and ever everlasting. So Jesus is grabbing the third cup, they say, in the Passover moment. And he gives it on to them. And he says, This is the blood of my covenant. Interesting word, covenant. Covenant, it's a pact. Every culture understands the word covenant, they understand it through the usage of blood. They'll cut their hands, pour some blood, give a, shank, a handshake. Thank you for forgiving this Latino. <clears throat> Every culture understands that when a covenant is broken, there needs to be blood shed. I love it. I love the picture of Jesus shedding down his blood because he's saying, I made a covenant with you. And when you mess it up, I've already gave the blood. And in fact, this blood... Doesn't just cleanse you, doesn't just sanctifies you, but this blood sets you up for life to be righteous, so that you'll never mess it up again. And I understand that I'm speaking to a crowd where most of you are believers, hopefully. (laughs) But I understand that we need to come into the understanding of the power of the blood. So that we may know the power that we have in him. Because unless we get to celebrate the goodness of who he is, we won't be able to bring his kingdom on earth. It is his blood that enables us. When that blood was given, when that blood was shed, he established a covenant with us. A covenant to be able to walk with him. No longer hidden, but now walking with God. So He made that covenant available to us. It is the blood that gives you access into His presence. It is the blood that gives you access into the realm of the Spirit of God living upon you. Let me just start closing with this. But when Jesus gets baptized accounts in the gospel tells us that he comes to John the Baptist and he says "All of this needs to be fulfilled for the matter of justice for all righteousness needs to f- be fulfilled so baptize me John doesn't want to baptize him he knows who he is yet he does and it says that he comes into the water which we need to understand baptism is not just a symbolism you're literally dying There's a part of you that dies. And when you're being brought up out of the water, you've become resurrected in Christ. So there's a new nature that it's given on to you. A nature where it's no longer you, the sinner, but now it's a new you. You in Christ. So check it out. Jesus is there. Comes out of the water. Heaven's open. Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and remains and rests upon him. And there's a voice from heaven that says, This is, or you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. So if the blood gives you access to the Holy Spirit to be baptized, try to understand that baptism opens up the door for you to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not not just the anointing of power. It's the anointing of receiving your identity as a child of God. It's the anointing of understanding your identity. You can't understand your identity if you don't understand how much you've been loved. Because you need to hear those words say, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Now you might be thinking how are you pleased in me? And you need to think, I don't know, but I'll shout out that truth till it sticks. And you say, hey, I am loved by you, and in me you are well pleased. We will never understand how to celebrate The blood of Jesus, if we don't understand that it made us a child of God that gets to hear Papa says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And when it says, in you I am well pleased, it, it is saying, you don't have to do anything. I already love you. I don't love you because of what you do. I love you because of who you are. And you're my child. Pastor Dan, I love you, because he he says, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. What he's saying is, there's nothing you can do. Because I love you because God loves you. Can you think in scriptures, where is it written that it says, why does he love us? My understanding, there isn't a passage in scripture that explains why he loves us, and I think this is key because if there were, we'd probably grab that Bible verse and say, Oh, this is how I can make you love me. Why does he love us? Because he pleases, he just wants to. I think it's Psalms 115. Uncle Bob taught me this a long time ago. I might got it wrong. But it said something along the lines of, God is God and He does whatever He pleases. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he just loves us. So I want to invite you and tell you, if, if you haven't felt celebration in a long time, if you haven't felt the love of God, then it pays off to just be able to come to him and say, I need your blood again, because I need to rejoice in your goodness. I need to feel this love that apparently I haven't felt. And if, it's, if there's no end to the increase of his government, that means that there are measures of love that we still haven't experienced. And we need to continue experiencing them. So whatever amount of love you received... We all need to increase. I don't know about you, but there's something about tears. Because you know that you're standing in front of the Lord. And the fact that you know that He still breaks your heart. Man, it just... I don't know why He does it, but He just does it. And if you haven't been able to come to His presence and be broken, then probably you need that fresh love. And you can come to Him and just tell Him, Hey, I, I need to be just broken again. Don't be afraid of that prayer. Or I need for you to just remember, remind me the revelation of the power of that blood. So that I can remember that you're so good. So good. That you'll turn my mourning into laughter. But if you haven't felt the love of God. Probably you haven't heard him call you a child. You need to be able to listen to him call you a child. That anointing is greater than the anointing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're out of time because we can't dive in into that topic. (laughs) But the anointing of your identity needs to be very well established in our lives so that we can come to God and thank Him for how good He is. We're ending our 21 days of fasting And we're continuing the prayer. And we're just looking for the more of God. And in the midst of that, we want to just understand the celebration clause. Where we can just say there's always time to celebrate. And like on Christmas, there's always more food coming out. There's always more things coming out. But there's always a reason to continue gathering to celebrate the goodness of His name. So prayer team, if you're here, please, I want to ask you to come to the front. Listen to this, the people that comes here to the front, it's people that they've been vetted by the church. Pastor has checked them out. <laughs> they being people that we trust that they'll be able to hear from the Lord, to be able to bless your life. So, if you've been feeling that you're in a season where it's been hard for you to celebrate, and it might be that you're getting bad news all over the place, but again, there might have been a lot of bad news during the time of celebration of Passover, yet it was time for celebrating the Passover. So, you had no other other option to say, it's just time for Passover, so let's celebrate anyways. Meaning, if you haven't been able to celebrate, please come to the front and... Just have any of these persons just pray over you and release the blessing. If you haven't felt that loving touch or if you haven't heard God said, Hey, it's not what you do. It's who you are that makes me happy. Then you probably need to refresh your ears. Come up to the prayer line and get prayed for. Might be that they have a message from the Lord that they need to give to you and you need to listen. Don't be afraid of what God's going to say because He's more interested in restoring you than chastising you or scolding you. If you feel like you need to feel that fresh love of God again, just the freshness of His love, then have somebody pray for you. There's something in the confession of just saying, I just need more love. You're giving room, an opportunity to say, God, my love tank needs more, and I come to you first to get it.
0: Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wermuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening, and remember, in Him you are free. For 60 years, Crowder College has been empowering students to soar to new heights. From agriculture to education, to business, sports, and the newest technologies, Crowder always has something interesting going on. I'm Adam Winkler of k Radio. Join me each week as I talk to a different person from Crowder College about what's been happening and what's coming up next. It's the Insider's Guide to All Things Crowder. Subscribe today to the This Week in Crater College podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network.